Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Creative Podcast. I'm Ashton, your host, and it's really good to have you. Thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast as usual, let me just ask you to leave a review. It really helps people find it. And that's it. Today, we're talking about um, just some really interesting stuff, finding creativity in mundane um, things in life, um, writing. We're going to be talking about some different things as far as contrast and pessimism and optimism, some of that kind of stuff. And I'm doing it with someone that I think is a really great conversationalist. He's a writer. He's a aspiring documentary filmmaker and just someone who generally loves creativity, who loves to think, who loves to chat about cool topics and fun things. And so here is a great conversation with Jared Scrother. Here you go. For some reason, the first word that popped into my mind when you said that was like seeker. Ooh. Yeah. Seeker. What's that mean? I think it means that, uh, I feel like I'm always trying new things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah. Yeah. Or like maybe not necessarily trying new things, but just like I'm interested. I I, I always seem to be like interested in like different things, Hmm. you know, seeker. Like I just, I seek out what's different, what I like. I don't know. So are you saying you, you like pursue things that are odd and out of the norm or that you just generally find interest in a lot of things. Yeah, probably the second one. I can't really yeah. think of anything that's like, I'm not a weird person by any means. Like I'm not. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. You know what? I am? No, I'm not weird. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think like, it's just like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me try that. Oh, that looks cool. I'm going to try that for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that looks cool. I'm going to, you know, right. figure out. So it's like, I think more of that, like yeah. I'm not scared to try new things. I don't think. Yeah. And so. at the same time, I don't think you're like a, a jack of all trades. Like, you're not a Swiss army knife type of person necessarily. Like you have a lot of skills, but I still see you kind of diving in deeper Mm -hmm. and not just kind of being surface, like surface level skilled at a lot of things. You end up being like, Oh, I really like this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So how long, how long those things last, you know, might be a different story. Yeah. But that also may just be people who are more creative minded, like maybe more artistically aware mm-hmm. of their own creativity. Um, like just them sort of searching yeah, or maybe discovering different voices that are created by technology or created by opportunity. Yeah. Cause it's just like, I think everybody at all points in their life, whether you're five or 50, mm-hmm. yeah. you discover new opportunities and you're like, Whoa, I didn't know I could do that. You know, it reminds me of the stupid TikTok of the wow, you can really dance. Oh gosh. That's <laughs> been like, that's been circulating in my yeah. office at oh, work no. and it's not yeah. as stupid as it is, I just love that it's it's sort of like, wow, you can actually do something. Yeah. Like you can actually do something you didn't know you could. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah. seeker, I, I like that a lot. What's yeah. a what's another phrase or word or something that you would kind of give yourself? Chill. Yes. Yeah. I think every, like Absolutely everybody chill. that I meet, everybody I get to know, like there's just this <laughs> yeah. universal quality about me that everyone agrees of just like, yeah. Oh yeah. Jared, he's, he's super, he's a chill guy. <laughs> he's super chill. I would love you know? to see you angry. Um, I don't like, I've seen you flustered before. Yeah. Like, I don't like, I really, and I don't really get much past that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't really, 
Maybe it'll break at some point. I th- yeah, and when that happens, that'd be nice. I think when that happens is, <laughs> I yeah, I think I'll be terrified as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a lot of people. Like anyone who's familiar with Enneagram, you're a you've identified as Enneagram nine. I do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm an Enneagram eight. Mm-hmm. So we're both in that gut type yeah. where we're you're asleep to your anger, and I'm very much awake to my anger. Yeah. And yeah, I just think it's so as someone who isn't afraid of saying, Hey, that's wrong. I don't like that. Or like being very like anger is a very controlled emotion for me. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't, it's not, it's not a first time gun user. Like I'm a skilled archer with anger Oh, because I've just done it so much. I don't shoot things. I don't mean to. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now that I'm older and more self-aware, yeah, you know, I like that. That's a good analogy. But it's like you might just not have handled those weapons bef- like much because you're kind of like, well, I, I just don't. But you're very familiar with them with mm-hmm. the anger anyway because it's kind of in there. Yeah, and I think I've learned to not necessarily just. It's not. It's not that like, I've maybe I've never used it before, or maybe yeah. I've never experienced it. It's just like I know how to not let that come out. Right. You know, like it's like, yeah, th- I, like I'm very aware of situations that could make yeah. me very angry, sure. but I think I'm just like, I just choose not to be, you know? Right. Well, and it might even for you tell me, tell me if this is just totally wrong and I should shut up. But for you, it, it may even come out just in softer ways that mm-hmm. people normally anger is this big explosive emotion. Yeah. And for you, it may actually just be a different, like it may just be a more gentle stream of, anger so it might come out in a drawing yeah and when it you said like in a story yeah but, yeah but it doesn't necessarily mean you're like you know yeah breaking dishes in the kitchen yeah and i mean i think even when you said i think i've seen you flustered before it's like that probably actually was me angry you know like yeah. maybe maybe that's just how it came out you know yeah um definitely <laughs> i i feel like i get more like annoyed and more yeah. like flustered rather than like upset or angry mm-hmm. yeah so and just remove yourself from the situation yes very like, much so I'm out yep this, this is going to be bad. I'm going to leave. Yep. I'm going to crawl into my shell. <laughs> See you. Into my own little world. That's fine. I mean, yeah. coping, I, there's, there's this thing about coping that a lot of people don't like is that it sounds like this like sad thing. Mm-hmm. Like coping mechanisms are really good. Yeah, they are. It's when they become like, it's when you only lean on them. Or like you lean on them too much, you depend on coping mechanisms that they become bad. Mm. You know, it's yeah. like all things in moderation again. And I think coping is one of those things where it's like, no, there are genuinely important times in your life where coping mechanisms help you. Mm-hmm. I you agree. Know? I so, agree. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that forever because, yeah. you know, it's, whoa, Ashton's getting intense classic. Yeah. Um, you have a third one on the top of your head. Oh, like, let's recap. So yeah. seeker chill chill yes it's funny that you said chill and i got super intense that's just not the most you well, anything yeah i mean i feel like i was gonna say i feel like that fits just very yeah. well like the conversation just we just had. i'm just like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man a third one uh i'd say like genuinely like always in a fairly good mood you know like yeah. i'm always i'm always pretty happy yeah uh yeah would you say that comes out in like positivity yeah definitely i'm I'm a glass half full kind of guy pretty much all the time i mean i I can definitely like i have my moments (laughs) and i sometimes love like sitting in the glass half empty stuff but i think like naturally 
yeah. I kind of just like, I go to the glass half full, very, yeah. very uh, optimistic person. I would yeah. love to experience that someday. Well, Hey, you know, I feel like Michael Scott saying like, I'd love to be part of an inside joke someday. <laughs> optimistic. That's probably a better word. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Optimistic. Yeah. Optimism is, uh, one of the things that I, I wouldn't say I like struggle with it. I just don't ever think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't really think about pessimism either. Like I'm not, I'm really just a realist. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it starves a lot of things from its ability to dream, mm-hmm. but it also starves like, I don't know, the, all the rest of the stuff. But I would love to learn more from optimistic people on like where the optimism comes from. Yeah. Like, what does it look like to be optimistic in casual scenarios and creative scenarios and yeah. work scenarios yeah. and relationship as a parent, as a mm-hmm. spouse, as a, you know, whatever, like different optimists can offer different things like that. So yeah. be yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah, I was gonna, so let me just recap. You said that you're a seeker. So you're look, you're just looking out, you're looking for things that are interesting. Mm-hmm. You, you pursue interesting things, yeah. but you do that with optimism and with a chill attitude. And I very think that's much. just like, I think that's a very good description of who yeah. I am. Nail on, uh, nail on the head. Is that right? Hit the hammer, the nail, hit, on hit the, the hammer with the nail, hit the, <laughs> hit people with hammers. No, <laughs> is that what you just said? No, once again, <laughs> no, it's like, uh, uh, Jake Bennett was on podcast a few episodes mm-hmm. ago and he probably will hate that I'm referencing this, but he had a, a song that he was doing for fun when we were in college. That was about longboarding. And there was a line, which if you don't know longboarding, when people go really fast on hills, oh, longboarding. they say they bomb hills. Yeah. And he had this line in the song that's like, bomb hills, not people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it was just, it's just so classic. That's good. It, that's it was good pretty one. I want that glorious. on a t-shirt. Jake, if you're listening, make me a t-shirt. Yeah. I would buy a bomb hills, not people. Exactly. That, that's there's, a mar- there's a market for that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ready. Yeah. It's ready. The market is out. primed. Yeah. When, when that song came out. The world wasn't ready for that line, but it is now. I think it, I, I could be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure the song started with like this cheetah growl oh, or like a jaguar, like some kind of like, rah, rah. nice. So anyways, nice. that has literally nothing to do with anything, no. but <laughs> let me ask you about this. So okay. you, you are someone who enjoys writing. Yeah. You enjoy filmmaking. You mm-hmm. enjoy fine artsy things, Yeah, but you've also done a lot of other sort of nuts and bolts type of things too. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you like look at the, like the framework of creativity and let it sort of wander beyond the fine art stuff? Like, do you ever see, do you ever like as someone who's constantly thinking about creativity, mm-hmm. even in your work and whatever, like, do you sort of like, does it put that box into that space? No. Or does it just spill out? Yeah. I think, I think finding it outside of those fine artsy things is just seeing the creativity around you like all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like seeing, um, seeing like the art in just like your everyday world. Yeah. And I think that that breaks out of the box of Mm -hmm. what art is typically defined as and what creativity is typically defined as. Um, but when you see that you can still enjoy art you can still enjoy creativity outside mm-hmm. of the realm of like this isn't a painting this isn't a movie this yeah. isn't a drawing right um this isn't a song but it's just the world around me and it's artistic yeah and it, when, when you can see that 
uh, when you can see the, the, the art in the mm-hmm. mundane of everyday life, that to me is like, <clears throat> I, I try to, I try to like look at life that way because like, I don't know, you know, yeah. like to me, like that's just, that's what makes life interesting and what makes life fun. And I'd say even to a degree worth living sometimes, Yeah, you know, is just being able to see those things and being like, Hey, I, I live, I don't live in my own little bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, like I live in a world full of people and places and things and yep. sounds and noises and colors. And, um, when you see that, yeah, yeah, that, that's not, I don't think how people would typically define fine art, but like it is artistic. Yeah. Well, I do think there's a, you have to have a distinction between fine art and then creativity Yeah, because creativity, and this is really the heart of this podcast. When I started, it was like, you don't have to be this sort of like starving artist type of person Mm -hmm. to be creative. Like, well, I think that there's definitely a a good distinction to say, no, I'm a creative person. And maybe that means that you work in some sort of creative fine arts type of employment Mm -hmm. or that's how you make your living or whatever. But I I also think it's valuable just to note that like creativity lives beyond that because so Mm -hmm. many people, like you're saying, it's like, it kind of gives the reasons to live. Yeah. Like uh, when, when dread is right there, when depression and darkness and sadness, whatever else is like there, like sometimes having a reason to live can't just be art, right? like fine art. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. You have to, you have to see creativity is what actually brings that out. And I think some people cut themselves off from it, whether it's from their own woundedness growing up in schools where, you know, only things like sports, were mm-hmm. highlighted and maybe they they didn't even have like things like band, choir, art, pottery, you know, whatever else. And I just wonder if, um, like I've actually seen this even, like I wonder if people who disconnect from the creative mentality when they reconnect with it, how much happier they are yeah. or how much, not necessarily happier, but maybe the, the fuller range of, of emotions and existence exists mm-hmm. for them. Cause it's, you're really kind of just trimming off the highs and lows and becoming this like sedated human yeah. that kind of lives in like, well, I'm not bad, but I'm not good. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think that's the worst yeah. place to be. I, I would yeah. rather be w- like feeling the contrast of life so that when something tastes really good, I know it tastes good, mm-hmm. but it's only because I taste something that was right. way too salty. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. You have to have contrast in life. Yeah. So I, I really like that. I like them that you're kind of like, look for mundane yeah. stuff. And yeah. I, you know, I actually think the way that you post stories on Instagram, um, I always thought this, it's funny. Cause like I, in my own journey of like thinking creatively, um, probably four years ago, I don't even know if that's right. Anyway, years ago. I would see posts from people who posted like you and be like, why are they doing that? Cause it was so like, I don't uh, cool food, mm-hmm. but it was like, or it'd be like, why is that in black and white? Like mm-hmm. cameras are better than that. Why would you go back to a previous day? Yeah. And it's sort of this, you know, it's like, yeah. but for you, it's like an expression of the, of the emotion or expression of like the vibe that you're going for or something, you know? Yeah. And I get that now. Yeah. But it's like, even for myself, like I actually allowed myself to widen the range of contrast, mm-hmm. but it helps me to appreciate other people. You know, it's like, I have greater gratitude for people like you who already do that, who see that range mm-hmm. 
because I'm not limited to my smaller range as much. Yeah. So it's, I think there's something that's really cool about that. Um, when you're, what was like the most recent, um, most recent like art outside of fine arts that you've seen? Um, I experience it every day on my drive to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I strategically there's, you know, I, I work at St. Paul's on the, and I, we, my wife and I live, you know, kind of on the other side of town. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different ways that I can get to the church, but I choose to, you know, drive down main street every morning. Um, because every morning something different is happening on main street, you know, yep. like every morning, like you see, uh, you see different people, you know, outside, mm-hmm. um, you see, you know, and so like, there's so much going on, but there's also so much that's not going on and you yeah. can, and you kind of have a choice to see like which one you want to see. Do you know what right. I mean? It's like you, you can kind of have the choice to just tune everything out mm-hmm. and just make it a drive to work down just a main street in the middle of Joplin. It's like, yeah. or, or you, or you can choose to see, okay, like what's actually like going on on this street right now as I'm driving. And like, when you mm-hmm. choose to see that, uh, you see a lot of really cool things. Mm. And so I think hmm. like for me, um, for me, like that's just, I love looking at the world like that. <laughs> uh, and maybe that's just because I'm, op- you know, I'm, I'm an optimist, sure. um, but it's like, I love just driving places or like looking, you know, being like, Hey, wh- like where where do I, you know, what streets do I want to drive down on my way to this place? Like what am like, what am I going to see like on my way there? Um, and I think part of the, the not knowing of like, it's going to just going to be a different experience every time you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, to me, that's kind of artistic in a way, you know, like it's like, I I get it. I get to choose to see how I want to see things Mm -hmm. and that's cool. I see, well, two things. One, I saw this green clown wig in the trash can. I saw that on your lady. Instagram. I thought that was And that funny. was like on Main Street. Yeah. But it's just kind of funny. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, ended up sharing it to, to my social media and then Joplin Toad really liked it and shared it to their social media. But it's just kind of funny, like, um, how social media, I think the people that we are continuing to like more and more, whether it's live streamers or podcasting or, you know, whatever, it's like, it seems like the trend is not necessarily that quality needs to go away from the production side, like how good the image looks or how good it sounds or whatever, but that's so secondary Mm -hmm. and it's becoming more and more secondary because some people still just care about that pretty much only that, but it's becoming so secondary to people being real. Yeah. And it kind of sounds to me like when you drive down main street, you're just looking for life. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily need it to be like, look, they just, the street cleaner came through. There's no debris anywhere. Mm -hmm. And like everyone just trimmed all the trees and there's new flowers and it doesn't have to be a certain way. It just has to be right. Yeah. And I think, and like I said, that's different every day, like what that is, you know? And so like I get to Mm. experience the same stretch of road, every morning in a different way every day. Yeah. And like, to me, that's kind of something that like recently I've, I've come to just finding that I've been obsessing with is just like <laughs> looking at just ev- this life every day, you know, just like yeah. looking at like what are like looking at how you, you naturally frame things when you look at things mm-hmm. and like seeing, like just seeing that like perspectives that otherwise you wouldn't see. And just like really being like, attuned to those things. Yeah. 
uh, because I think it provides you just kind of this different outlook on the normal things, you know, that you would just passively exist in, you know? And so it's like, well, what if you chose to just not passively exist in it, but to just like see things for what they are or what even they could be or potential Mm -hmm. that they have for something. And to me, there's beauty in that. And to me, and like I said, that's kind of just been an obsession of mine. Um, and really just an inspiration lately, as far as like my own creativity goes and things that I'm interested in doing or want to do is just like, inspired by just the the mundaneness of things that like Mm. we exist in every day. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I I think that that perspective is really helpful because a lot of people really hate that every day is so mundane. Mm -hmm. And so is that something that you feel like you have kind of always just had that mentality and you become more aware of it as you got older? Yeah. 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 I wonder for people who are maybe more like me, who, who maybe don't naturally have that tendency, if that would be one of the best ways to sort of push into growth. Yeah. Is to kind of say like, you know, it's like for someone who's maybe more pessimistic or realistic or whatever, you know, a realist, whatever term you want to use, not that optimists have head in the clouds or anything, but I kind of see it as like, um, like for a photo editor, right. Mm -hmm. You have highlights and shadows. Right. And, So if you want a high contrast photo, you need to be able to push the highlights up and the shadows down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to have the contrast gives you a more just like you can understand more distinctly what's happening in the image. Mm -hmm. And I think that for pessimists, we really are good at just pushing the shadows down. Yeah. And we can explore some of those things. And for optimists, it's a little easier to push the highlights up. And so you know, the, the range is more like, which side do you need to push on? Yeah. Which, which side do you maybe need to do a little bit of work? And if you're real tired, maybe it's not a good time to do work. Maybe it's time to just kind of be where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I love that. I'm gonna have to chew on that a little bit more. Um, yeah. And I, I'm still kind of fleshing out what that means too, and what that looks like. But like yeah. I said, it, it really is something that I can't really escape anymore. You know, like even, like even just things like going to the grocery store. Um, it's like, I just, I see people differently and I see the things I'm doing differently. I see Mm -hmm. what's in front of me differently, you know? And so it's, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know what causes that, but like the more, the more that like I'm aware of it, the more I realize how much stuff I've done in the past, like projects I've done or things I've worked on, how much that stuff has inspired those things. Oh yeah. And I didn't know it then, but like I'm seeing that, now yeah. and I'm still kind of understanding what that means to me as a creative now still, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's so, good though. Yeah. You know, I think if you aren't still trying to understand something that you maybe have become too complacent. So mm-hmm. sometimes people get nervous about like, well, I just can't figure this thing out. I'm like, good. I'm glad you can't figure it out. Like that tells me that you're trying to do something. Yeah. That tells me that you're doing some work, whether it's, you're trying to make an idea function. You're trying to get a story out. You're trying to, you know, make the handle on your door, not wiggle. Like whether it's practical or more idea based, you're working on something. Mm -hmm. And that I think is when you have zero momentum in life, I think is when you start to become bored. Like for instance, let's go back to you driving down main street every day. Yeah. You're in motion. You're not stopping to just look at a weed that's growing out of the concrete and being like, 
man, they just, nobody tries. Yeah. You know, you're not just sitting there, but, and you're not also just doing that every day. Right. And so by going in motion through it, you're just like noticing something that maybe was there yesterday or maybe it wasn't. Mm -hmm. You're noticing something that changes. That's the same. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much about it because it's in motion. Right. Because you're actually in progress through something rather than just sitting. And I think that's a big you know, in terms of depression and anxiety and all kinds of other things, which I don't want to downplay that that's a real thing for a lot of people because it definitely is. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how much of the work can also be added to it. You know, that medication can definitely help people. But when you pair that with counseling or you pair that with like intentional living, exercising, eating better, maybe going for walks, trying to take on mentalities like driving down main street and seeing new things. I just wonder how much more you can have, how much more progress you could have in that battle with those things too. Well, and this is what I love about motion. Um, You know, motion changes perspective, you know? And so it's like the more you move, whether that's me driving down main street, you know, the, the, as I'm driving, Mm -hmm. the perspective of everything around me is changing. Oh yeah. And that's, I think that's a good metaphor for life too. You know, like the more that we move, the more that we're, in motion, the mm-hmm. more the things around us, the things that we see, the things that we deal with mm-hmm. will change because we're going to be in a new spot, you know, yeah. every second. And so, uh, I, yeah, I think just that idea of, mm-hmm. of motion, I think, uh, is that can be powerful when you apply that to, to oh, your life. For so. sure. I think about it one more metaphor and then we'll move on to something <laughs> else. But I think, I think about it in terms of water and I just want to throw some shade at Oklahoma for naming their, their cities really poorly. Like still water. Oh yeah. For instance. Yeah. I don't have any opinions on the actual city of Stillwater, but why would you like, you might as well have named your city swamp yeah, or like distilled boggy swamp water. Home of bacteria. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's like, what about living water? Right. What about rushing yeah. water? What about yeah. like something else? that's like actually yeah. shows some life, but still yeah. water, still like, water. It's yes. literally the one kind of water that like all it does is grow mosquitoes it's, <laughs> and true. algae and mold. Yep. And, like, it's yeah. not a good name, but right. in, in kind of related to what we're talking about, it's like, let your life be a stream that mm-hmm. actually like you don't cease to be water. You just go different places. Right. And so you may take on some attributes of the things that you're around, but the only thing that will happen by not being in movement is taking on algae mm-hmm. is taking on mosquitoes. Yeah, exactly. And so if you're stuck, maybe the best thing you can do is to realize that you're still water, but what you basically the way you steward your own self determines what kind of water you are. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Never cease to be in motion. I don't want to be too artistic about this because it's not really how I roll, but yeah, well, you know, you let's know. go get water tattoos. <laughs> we're both gonna go get waterfall tattoos after this <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get a waterfall falling into still water oklahoma <laughs> all right okay yeah so you have written um well i guess you just take some joy in writing right i do and, and that that just recently that I was kind of, of when i first met you that was like the thing i knew most about you was really? you play guitar and you liked writing really okay i'm trying to think when we first met uh, like really well, first met when my brain remembers meeting you, okay. which caveat, I have a terrible memory. Yeah. Uh, 
I hope that doesn't lead to really bad things as I get older, well, but I'm sure yeah. it will. Uh, but anyways, I from when I remember mm-hmm. meeting you, those were like kind of the prominent things was that you're a guitar player and that you enjoyed writing. Yeah. I didn't know really if you were good at either of those things because mm-hmm. I'd never read anything you've written and I had never really heard you play guitar. Um, but in terms of, of writing, yeah. Why? Like I, I'm not really yeah. a reader of books, but I'm still a learner. Like I learn in a lot of other ways, but books are really hard for me because my body's not in motion. Mm-hmm. And so my brain is always distracted. So like I can listen to podcasts, I can read books, I can do all that kind of stuff if I'm like mowing the yard. Yeah. Because my body's kind of distracted. But otherwise I'm like, I could stretch or I could do this or you know. So what anyway, why why writing? Like what do you like about it? What do you do? Like what does it mean to you? Like tell me a little bit about writing in itself, like whether it's art, whether it's practical, whether it's journaling, whether yeah. it's stories, like what is it to you? Um also, what's the uh, origin of the universe? <laughs> I realized that was such a big question for someone who maybe likes writing. No, no. I mean, well, and, and like I said, like I really. So, I mean, I don't know, growing up, like I can always remember being fascinated. Um, you know, I've always, I've always liked to read um, and I've mm. always liked, you know, storytelling and yeah, uh, I've always, you know, and so it was. I mean, we all, I mean, I think we all can relate to that. Like we oh, all like sure. it in some way. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, growing up, like the first things I would write would be, um, you know, like little songs or things like that. Like I was, I've always loved music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of how it started was just, I combined, you know, like my inspirations from different music when I was young yeah. and then being like, okay, well let me, you know, let me try to make that. And, yeah. but then, you know, and so I think songwriting was probably the first thing that I, that really kicked off the, mm. the like writing thing. I, and I remember a lot of like, when I look back at school, even, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like elementary school, middle school, like the classes I remember most are like my English classes. And like, I remember taking a couple of creative writing classes and like, uh, you know, like late elementary school and like early yeah. middle school. And so like, those are the classes that I always remember the most of, um, yeah. you know, like experimenting with writing poetry, with writing, mm-hmm. uh, short stories, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think as I just got older, um, I think I just like, I don't know, like, I think it, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm older now. Like what, what, like, what is my older self yeah. Uh, you know, like what can my older self contribute to right. this thing I found when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the more experience that I have and, uh, just, you know, things that maybe I am thinking about or, you know, whatever. So sure. yeah, I, like, I don't think that I've ever had like this specific goal for writing other than, um, other than just like what's something that's been on my mind a lot that I just want to like put into words. So maybe, maybe journaling, but I think also more so, um, wanting to creatively craft a story, you know, like, yeah. I, like I've never been a journaler and like, that's, what's funny is like, I can't sit down and just like, <laughs> like I, like I know yeah. people who have a daily journal, you know, when they wake up in the morning, you know, they write in their journal. Like I've tried that. I can't sure. do it. Yeah. And I think part of that is because, um, well you can, you just don't like it. Right. Yeah. yeah like I could, I could, if I, I could, if I wanted to, but I think it, yeah, it lacks the meaning. And I yeah. think maybe it's just because it feels too forced. Maybe sure. I don't know. Um, but I think all of the writing that I've done, it's been, I want to write this because of, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, like I've Mm -hmm. always had this goal 
um, of like, I've never just sat down and written something just to write something. Like, it's always like, I have this idea, I have, you know, something inspired me and I want, and I want to write this specific thing. So So what inspired you a while back years ago now when you were still in college years ago to write it was years ago um well keep what were you gonna say Uh, right what (laughs) so i've written a couple things to to, i think you were writing every day okay you were trying to do uh, i can't remember what your goal was it was like I want to write yeah. 20 minutes every day at yeah, least. Yeah. I want to write. That was, so that there was, was some goal you had, but you were doing it every mm-hmm. single day. Yeah. So that, yeah, I'll talk about that. So that was yeah. fall of 2019. A couple years ago. A couple years ago. Yeah, you're Dude, right. I know. It, if, if time's moving so fast yet so slow. It's literally the middle of July. Of 2021. Of 2021. I know. So You're right. You're right. It, time is, has been irrelevant the yeah. past year and a half. Um, That's true. So yeah, so that was that was when I had the idea to write my first book, yeah. um, which was the biggest piece of writing that I've done um, ever, mm-hmm. and still is um, yet, yet uh, <laughs> probably will be. <laughs> um, and so what that was was yeah, I was a student in college and I was kind of, I just kind of like was in this creative rut a little bit. Mm. Um, like I remember, um, like around that time, I just wasn't doing a whole lot creatively and creative rut. Like what, what do you hope creativity feels like? So I think, so in that, cause I don't really resonate with creative, rut. Yeah. Like just, that's just my existence. Yeah. And I just sometimes find creativity. Yeah. So I think in that period, what I thought I was going to be was like, like a, I thought I was going to pursue music. I think a lot more than I ended up, um, really wanting to, or kind of like finding a passion to do. Like, like Mm -hmm. at that time I was like music, 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 because I think part of it was just because I was so involved with, you know, different worship ministries, places. And so I was like experimenting with what that looked like in my own, like, creative life. It's an easier path to see. Yes. Yeah. And more tangible, something, you know, know, something that, yeah. And so I think, and, but I, but I was feeling uninspired in the way, like I felt like I was in this rut because I, I wasn't writing any music. I wasn't like, I was just playing a lot and for other people or for, you know, for whatever. And so like, I was just in this, like, I'm not really creating music for myself, which is like, and to me, that was kind of like the definition of what creativity was for me because that was what I thought I wanted to pursue the most. Yeah. Great. Um, and so because that wasn't happening, I just Mm -hmm. felt like kind of stuck. And so I, um, and then I think I was, I was literally just like laying on my bed, like waiting for my laundry to get done or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like scrolling on Facebook and I saw like an interview with Stephen King. Um, and this was like late October, like almost the end of October that this was 2019. And so mm-hmm. I, I just saw this like interview with Stephen King and uh, I can't remember how old the interview was, but he was just talking about how you know, just about things he's written and like how many books he's written. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the number. I mean, it was like, you know, dozens of books that he's written, you know, Mm -hmm. his career. And so, uh, I thought, man, this man has written like this many books in his lifetime. And like, (laughs) here, I like, here I am, you know, 23 years old laying on my bed, like never like, you know, and like, to me, it was just like, I've never written a book before. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
I think part of that was just like, I, it never even crossed my mind to do it. Like until I saw that interview and I was like, mm-hmm. he's written this many books. I've written zero. What if I wrote a book, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, just to say that I did it that way. Like right. when I'm as old as Stephen King, like I'm not going to have dozens of them under my belt, but I could say, Oh yeah, I sure. wrote a book one time. Well, that's been his career some too. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, it, but I mean like, that's just how my brain <laughs> yeah. worked. I think that's sure. that, that, that seeker mentality was just like, yeah there's something else I yeah. haven't done. That sounds cool. Let's try it. Yeah. Let's, that sounds cool. Let me just, I think part of it was just, I wanted to be able to say that I, yeah. when I was 80 years you're, old, that I've written the kid a book. Every parent worries that they'll have like, Oh no, they're going to try drugs just cause their friends are doing it. <laughs> no, probably not that extreme. Um, but yeah, I, and that's really all, I think that's really all it was for me. Yeah. It was just this, like, I've never done it. Let me see if I can do it. Yeah. Like, like, because, and, and I think part of it was just being in a creative rut. Like I wanted that challenge, do you know, nice. it was like, it was just like, when I'm not feeling inspired to do anything else, just give me something completely different, sure. you know, and see like if I can do that. Yeah. Well, and it's like a exercise of self-discipline too. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think, you know, I've been hearing this phrase a lot recently just from different like videos or podcasts or like even talking to friends and stuff, but It's just the idea of, um, I like the metaphor that comes with it, but basically it's, you've got to create a lot of crap so that there's fertilizer for the thing that succeeds. Oh yeah. I like that. And it's like, that doesn't mean you intentionally make crap. Mm -hmm. It just means that sometimes when you're trying, it doesn't turn out. Right. And so add it to the compost bin so that you can return, you can actually use that created material as fertilizer, as nutrients for the thing that will succeed. Yeah. It's and you're, you're stocking your cupboard for when it's time to cook. You're right. learning recipes for when it's time to, to make something. Yeah. You yeah, know, you're, you're always going to take something away from even those failed exactly. attempts. It's like you're staying fit so that your body can do things when you want to. Like mm-hmm. someone's like, Hey, let's go for a hike. And you're like, sweet, let's do it. Rather than saying I can't cause I'm not in shape. Yep. You know, it's yeah. like you're doing these things where they're, you're preparing basically yourself to be good soil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so I say that this was the end of October because it's relevant to like the discipline of doing it every day. Hmm. Um, so it, it actually, and it, the timing of this I think was just meant to be for me to actually write a book. Um, but it was that that November was mm-hmm. uh, NanoRimo was when NanoRimo started, and for those who don't know what Nano Rimo is, is it's uh, an acronym. Is that it's the a, right? It's name? a difficult it's word a, to say. Yeah, yeah. It uh, yeah, na- National Novel Writing Month. Yes. Um, and so what that is, this is it's a stat. It's an established. Um, like organ, not, not well, kind of organization, Maybe like, like movement. movement. Yeah. It's yeah. like an established movement of, uh, people all around the world who decide for the month of November, they're going to, uh, write a, like, they're going to set a word goal, you know, mm-hmm. an end word goal goal. And then they're going to sit down and write every day, you know, try to hit a daily word goal. That way at the end of the month, they have yeah. like their final word goal, which you take all the time that you normally spend shaving and commit <laughs> yeah. to two movements at once. No shave November. There you go. And then write a book. There you go. There <laughs> you go. November, November is a month that you can, you know, yeah. It's like, I'd like to write as many words as hairs I would normally trim off my face. Yes, exactly. And so, uh, to me, I think that was, that was really important because that did provide like the discipline for me to actually like 
sit down and do it. Like as much as I'm mm. not, I'm not a goal setter by any means. Um, but I think having that structure there, you could be, yeah, I, I, I definitely yeah, could be if I tried. Um, yeah. but, and I just driven and, enough. I and, think it's, well, and, yeah. and that month specifically, I think having that as like this challenge did yeah. drive me when to be able to be so a many people you were doing that. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, and they encourage, well, and, and the thing is, is like, is, so they have a, they have a website that you can go to and like actually register on their website. So mm-hmm. that way, like you're kind of, you feel like you're part of this movement that's yeah. happening and, and they encourage you to tell people, yeah. um, you know, because the more people you tell that you're doing something, the less right. likely, you know, you're going to be to not do exactly. it. Exactly. And so, yeah, so I really, I really did kind of take it like really, I was taking it really seriously. Yeah. Um, I think so. And, and it, and it ended up working. Like I got to the end of the month and I had a finished novel. I think total, it was almost 70,000 words. Yeah. Which um, is, which is like, that's like a more standard words than I've read in a long time. Well, there you go. And so, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I mean, I sat down every morning and, uh, I either wrote, Oh, like I either wrote, I think, I don't even, I don't remember the exactly what word count, but like I tried to write like a chapter of the, of the novel every day, which ended up being like 10 pages every day. So I try to write around like 10 pages every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and it worked, yeah, it worked really well. Like I, I got to the end of it. I had a, I had a finished product and I think that, that experience, man, I learned so much from that. And I, I think I really found, I found something that uh, I was extremely passionate about that. I didn't know I was before. Right. Um, you know, like, cause I, and it's not that I don't love music anymore. You know, like I love music. Sure. I love playing music. I still love writing music. I still love doing mm-hmm. all of the music things, but like, that's not what that, what, like that was my box before, mm. you know, like that's what, that's all I thought I was doing right. creatively. And now it's like, you just found another room. I found, I found another, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and it, it, man, yeah, it taught me. And, and the thing is, is like, I don't consider myself like an author, you know, like sure. I'm probably not going to write another book, but like, I'm definitely going to take the things I learned from writing a book yeah. and write other things. Sure. Um, you know, and so like it just, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I, and I really am, I'm proud of the end result. I, it's not available anywhere. And I, yeah. I originally I was going to actually like, I was in the process of self publishing it. Mm. Um, and I've got some, you know, like proof copies and stuff of it, but the more that I've been sitting on it, like I'm just, it's, I definitely, I, I'm not, it's not like a hundred percent. If I were to release it, it's not like a hundred percent ready yet. Like I still have to do like yeah. a couple more edits of it and stuff, but sure. I don't think that I've kind of decided I probably won't ever actually release it as a book because it ended up being, um, it ended up being something that really was transformative to me just to be able to get stuff out on paper. And it's not that I think it's a great story. Um, like I'm really proud of the story that I made. Um, but at the same time, I really think it was, it was a story that I needed to tell myself. Um, and it's not that I'm opposed to other people reading it. Like if people right. want to read it, I'll, I will let you read a proof copy of it, you know, but it's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to just like, you know, sell this thing. Um, because yeah. like I, at the, at the end of the day, like, I don't think that's necessarily, um, the goal I had to write it. At least that's not the goal that I took away from it in the end. So that reminds me, I'm not pulling my phone out to be rude. <laughs> I'm pulling my phone out because it reminds me of, um, a couple things. So, this book, Christian Schultz, uh, who's a local poet. Yeah, I love wrote, Christian. And Christian's an excellent, just a, just a good dude. 
well-rounded creative person and just a contributor to mm-hmm. yeah, he's local a, community. He's an amazing writer. Yeah, and he writes a lot of poetry. And there's a couple things I want to say. So first off, he just released a book called I'm Going Now, which yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. And I'm, I'm going to pick it up soon. He just wrote this Western for his grandfather before mm-hmm. his grandfather passed away. Yep. Um, and he'd never written a Western before, but he pretty much just did it for him. Yep. And so he wasn't even going to publish it or anything. And then I think he said something like three weeks before, um, what would have been his grandpa's birthday before his grandpa had passed away. Um, just a few weeks ago, he really, he like yeah. did a ton of work. Yep. And he, he just, got it released for his birthday. He got his it released on, his, on yeah. his, what would have been his grandpa's birthday. Yeah, I thought, I think that's so cool. And he hustled and did it in three weeks, but he basically had the art or the, the collection, the, the Western story, whatever it is, um, ready. Mm-hmm. And he did the work to do it. But, um, yeah, I just, I love that. Like you don't necessarily have to have like the, the goal to be publishing stuff. And I like, this is something I'm constantly learning is like, don't, don't only make stuff to show things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you should really figure out a ratio for yourself of how much stuff do you make compared to how much stuff do you share? Yep. And so if the only place you're ever, sh- the only time you're ever creating is when you're sharing, you're probably not sharing what you could be. Yeah. And it's not going to, chances are it's not going to be like yeah. super authentic stuff. Either. Right. And you're not, you're probably not even creating something that's necessarily meaningful, meaningful yep. to you, which yep. I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, just as a concept. And like I said, not an expert, just thought I'd mention that yeah. because I'm kind of learning that myself. Yep. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, I thought about this a little earlier. I wanted to mention it in our conversation and wandered a little bit, which is great, but I still want to say it Yeah, is poetry is kind of one of those hilarious things to me where it's so it's ironic in its own means, like going back to some of the like seeing creativity in normal mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah. Poetry is the most, I, I, I think anyways, other than abstract art, mm-hmm. poetry is like the most difficult to nail down. Yes. As yeah. far as like what is I poetry. I agree. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to still give it a distinct line to say that like, here's a box for it and yeah. everything outside of this is something else, but here's a box for poetry. Um, even if that is kind of a large box that yeah. gathers lots of things, but I think it's so hilarious that the things that like really practical create people who think more practically in their terms of creativity and the like most sort of like out there creative people both talk about the same things, but through different lenses. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you may be talking about drinking your Folgers coffee, but this person completely rejects creativity, but is doing it mm-hmm. in their own observation of the world around them and the flavors and whatever else. I'm not bragging on Folgers by any means, just <laughs> I'm using it as a brand because it's like Kleenex, you know, it's not really a tissues aren't Kleenex. Kleenex is a brand. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but so like they're, they're doing this coffee and then over here, this, this poet is describing coffee mm-hmm. and the like super practical person that rejects creativity is doing the same thing. But when they read the poem about coffee, they're like, why, what do you mean? That's art. I just observed those same things, but I didn't make art. Yeah. And yeah. I, that is where I love to just sort of like take the scissors and chop that up and say mm-hmm. like, nope, you did create art. Yeah. You just I didn't agree. know it. I agree. Yes. I you are agree. creative. Yeah. You're just whatever. Blame whoever you want. Mm-hmm. We'll just blame the man. The we'll man. We'll blame society. Yes. The man is always Whoever a good did one to blame. It. He, 
he did it. Yep. They did it. Yep. You know, the yep. infamous, they should do something yes. about this. Yes. Whoever they are has given a lot of people who re- sort of reject the idea of creativity. This like, they still do it. They just like, won't label it. Yep. I'm like you do though. Like yeah. you do. If you would just see it, I think you'd open up yourself to so much more in life. Yeah. And I think that's just really hilarious. Like the contrast of, Poetry is yeah. Well, it's, and I mean, on the, it's the least creative, but most creative. It's right. So weird. So on the on the topic of poetry, <laughs> like writing my writing that novel, that that big story, I think yeah. inspired me to then even start writing things like more poetry. Sure. And like, and I still occasionally write poetry. You know, because yeah. it's like the because to me, like those are things mm-hmm. that uh, you can like look around in everyday life and like pull things from and like make something poetic out of it. Um, and also, you know, I married a dang good poet. And so she really inspired me to, um, see things in a more poetic way. And she constantly does. And, um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that too. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, it's like, I probably never would have written as much poetry as I have now if I hadn't written that book, you know, if I, and if I hadn't really, and even writing that book Mm -hmm. kind of shifted the way that I think about the things I talked about earlier, you know, just like seeing things because it's, when you, when you look at life in a mindset through, through like that lens, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's stories here, you know, there's art here. There's things that you can, that you can make into like craft into something, whether that's a story or what, like you can take the things that aren't fine art related, Mm -hmm. see them for the fine art they can be. They aren't. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, (laughs) and like, that's what art is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's beautiful to like be able to take those things and make them into something, um, that they, that, it would be easy for you mm. to see them not as that thing. Right. So, yeah. Well, and I don't, I also don't want to go so far to where it'd be like, everything is art. No. Yeah. Because I think you, you then rob yourself of the contrast, right? Yes. The whole yes, idea absolutely. of the highlights and the shadows. And yeah. So I don't want to be so ethereally art, like such an ethereal artist that right. everything is just art. And I'm like, no, everything is not art. Everything is creative. Yeah. But art is art and practicality is practicality. They just share the same. They exist. They exist on the same plane. Yeah. They, they share the same atoms. Mm -hmm. Like they have the same molecular structures. Yeah. They just come from a different purpose. Like it's the difference between, you know, using a hammer as a tool or a weapon. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's just a matter of they, they, and both are probably useful at times as both, right? Yeah. Like a hammer is a hammer, but how you use it is different. So like saying like, no, this is a tool. Well, it's like, well, someone use it as a weapon. So it's, yeah, it's a tool, but it was used as a weapon. So let's call it a weapon right now. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, you know, someone use it as a tool. So don't call that as a weapon. Like, right. Cause right now know, it's a tool. They're yeah. roofing shingles. They're not using it as a weapon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just see some of that as like there, there is, it is really both sides kind of have the potential to rob the fullness. They do. Yeah. And I just want to be careful of that because I think it's really easy for people to say, well, I'm an optimist. I don't rob anything. Mm hmm. Like, well, actually you do because sadness is not a bad emotion. It's just an emotion. And that's something that I'm learning 
like how I said earlier, it's like, I'm typically a glass half full person, sure. but I've Which learned, I've learned to be, I'm like, I'm, I'm learning. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have learned. I'm learning how to yeah, sit. I've in achieved. The, yeah. I'm learning how to sit in the, yeah. the glass half empty sure. mindset. Um, because that, that you're right, that there's so much value right. in doing that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, that's not something that I really even realized until recently. Sure. And so, yeah, I'm still learning how to do that, but yeah, man, that's so important. It's just the fullness and to get a little spiritual on you. I just, I've been thinking a little bit about this. My wife asked me, Taylor asked me a question. Um, something I can't remember what the, but basically the gist of the question was like, why evil? Mm. Which, yeah. Okay. Let me answer that quick little question, you know, but I do, I do actually think that this concept of contrast, that God doesn't just do good, that he is good, right? He yeah. is the definition of good. He, he didn't define good. He just is. He was, he is, and he will be. And mm-hmm. good is who he is. Like he is good. But for good to exist, there has to be some sense of contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or rather the existence of good then therefore creates contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, cause otherwise everything's neutral. And I just wonder if this, there's this frustration. I think a lot of us get into when you dive into spirituality or even just in general, you look at the world and you're like, why is it so screwed up? Why is there so much stuff that's not working? And I just, I can't help but find this, sort of weird appreciation for the contrast. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, I can't help, but kind of relate to Thanos when he thinks that, I mean, cause his motive isn't to kill everybody his or kill half people. His motive is actually to give half people full life. Right. Right. Yeah. So for him, he's in a situation where his uh, ends justifies his means, which I don't think is good. I think it's a, a fake version of good. But I do, I don't know, there's just a, a, there's a big concept here to wrestle with that I just would really challenge people who are only see things negative to start seeing things positive because they're robbing themselves of something good. Yeah. That doesn't mean you stay, maybe, you know, let's say the whole range is a hundred percent slider and you have 40% exposure currently. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you just shift what 40% you see. You expand to 50 to 60 to 70% range. So you don't like forget who you are and the natural things you do. You just kind of, you do the work to push a little bit. And I just, I think that more creativity, that more art, that the world will be better, that we'll be happy in our families, that we'll treat people better, that our jobs will be better, that our countries won't be so divided. If people could just learn to experience the range better yeah, and not demonize the part they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And for all my fellow optimists, Yes. It is like, it is okay to see the bad things sure. and like, it's okay to feel the bad emotions and it's mm-hmm. okay to feel the negativity around you. Right. Um, because then you have that contrast, right? like, you know, and so it's so important both ways. Yeah. yeah. And to my fellow pessimists <laughs> <laughs> or realists, however you like to identify, um, it's okay to not be so upset. <laughs> it's okay to see things. Uh, to reframe things until we're rose colored glasses yeah. sometimes because both can just be exhausting. Mm-hmm. 
and to to uh, to re- to like reject your ability to live makes absolutely no sense. It's yeah. asinine. Yeah, it is. I just life to, is beautiful. I man. just wanted to sneak asinine in there. <laughs> I think we just gave your listeners a free therapy session. That's right, kids. So take your coloring books and you're going to just draw what you feel. Choose the color oh, you feel most drawn to. Man. No, I'm just kidding. Man. Um, but yeah, dude, I think this is a, it's, a, a it's good a, place to wrap this. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about there? You said you had one more question for me. Oh, I think we, we could probably get to it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. But where are you going to edit this down? No, probably not too much, but either way, let's, let's talk about one more thing. Okay. So I did want to just explore a little bit that will really just kind of pick your brain on this. Cause I don't have too much to say about it as someone who hasn't recently moved anywhere. Yeah. But when you move, yes. When you, you know, I think a ton of people experience this when they graduate college, Yeah. A ton of people experience it when they move out of their parents' house or, you know, whatever situation you go through when change happens in a proximity in a locational way, how does that affect your creativity? Like, Recently, yep. you moved from Joplin to Springfield, Springfield Illinois, Illinois, and then back, and to, then Joplin. back to Joplin. But all Joplin it, is so different. All within, just all within the gone. last year. Like, we did all of that right. in the span of not even a year. Right. So that's also important. And got married in the middle of coronavirus, yeah. which was crazy. Yeah. Um, but either way, you've changed, like, all yeah. of these different locations and who you can be around, who you are around. Mm-hmm. Um how has that, how has that impacted your ability to see creatively? Like, does it create a freshness for you? Yes. Or does it create like a sense of like, ah, I've done this before. Yep. You know, no. tell me, tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. It has been beautiful. Um, mm. because there's things I'm working on now back here in Joplin that I wouldn't have even sure. considered doing yeah. while I was still in Springfield. Cause you weren't really doing filmmaking or any video stuff when you were here before, right? Uh, dabbling in yeah. things, but not to the degree that I, not, right. not to the degree now that it's of, your job. Now I, it's my job and I'm yeah. doing a lot of stuff trying yeah. to on the side. And, and so I see your hat up there. Oh, is, uh, this is, is my, again? this is my birthday present from my wife. A 24. When you first told me about that, I thought it yeah. was eight 24. Yeah, I know we had, a, we, had a, a. we had a great conversation about two, four. So anyway, if you don't know what that is, they're go check just, it out. Yeah, they're just my favorite film production company. Um, make great, they make great movies. You've probably seen some A24 movies and probably. you love them and you don't know that it's A24. Right. Kisses, um, hugs. Yes, exactly. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it's... So yeah, there's definitely... There's so many things I'm doing now and, yeah. and I'm exploring now that I wouldn't have done sure. while I was living in Springfield. Yeah. Um, and so... And it may not have been time yet either. Exactly. Yeah. Um not, not to say that maybe one day I wouldn't have done those things, but sure. at least not in this moment in my life. And I think that, but there's importance in that. Uh, so yeah, just the, the fresh perspective and the new pe- the people, new people I meet, yeah. um, new places I go, you know, new streets I drive on, um, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. all of those give you a sense of newness and a mm-hmm. sense of, I wasn't feeling this where I was before. Sure. And I am now simply because I am here now. And, uh, how does that relate to like, like obviously when you change proximity, you change who you're also in proximity to. Mm -hmm. So how do you, like, how have you seen that shift even the way you relate to others? Because obviously now you're putting your effort in a different way into your days. Yeah. You're spending your energy differently. Have you seen that like 
change in the way you relate to other people? Have you seen that change in the way that you even think about creating because it impacts people differently? Like, have you explored that at all or is it, maybe is not it sort so of just like, Whoa, I didn't even see that was there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think you, you kind of, you, yeah, I don't know if I've ever really it's thought a new about door it. to knock on then. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, find things in new relationships with people yeah. and, uh, you know, working with new people, whether that's at work or just, you know, right. even like I, we came, we, we came back to a place where I, I already knew a lot of people, mm-hmm. but like I knew a lot of people, not super deep. Sure. And so like now knowing that we're back here, it's like, mm-hmm. that, that's giving me kind of this like, Oh, I'm I'm going to be here for a while. Like I right. can actually invest in relationships that I might've established, you know, right. before I moved or whatever. And so, sure. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you also left as a college student. Yes. Basically. Yes. And returned as an adult. This, that, yeah. And that's, been, that was weird. There's something weird. about the like hometown kid kind of yeah, uh, it, impact thing. That's yeah. like, it's just, sometimes it's just good to go away and come it back. Is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? I mean, it wasn't for very long, but man, it like, was enough though. It was enough to be able to come back and be like, yeah. life is different now. Right. And not in a bad way in a, in a way that I'm still constantly exploring and I constantly sure. will be. Uh, but yeah. All right, man. Jared, thanks for coming on today's episode. It was really good to have you. Hey, if you enjoyed connecting with Jared today and listening to his amazing creative mind, you can find him on Instagram at Jared Scrother. If you can't find him, go to my page, click on the buttons. You know the thing. Anyways, let me leave you with this, creatives. Contrast, whether you're a pessimist or an optimist is a thing, and you are more prone to one or the other. And so finding ways to expand your range of living, to expand your range of creativity is only going to help you. So do the work, put your head down and give it a shot. As always, you know, I got to say it, stay creative. See ya.